I think that I would have liked to see them develop the character more because they did. They set him up so beautifully, but we never found out why he likes, but why is he eating this bowl of cereal or, right, or right, why right. is this guy in this, this bullet hole? He got platinum albums on the wall and he just, he just records in this, is it a, in this dusty bullet a hole written uh, trap, rat trap. And right. why does he do that? Is it because he it's nostalgic and he feel like, well, I made hits here and I'm going to keep here and the magic happens here. You know what? But we never get a chance to figure out, uh, discover all that because it wasn't his story. Maybe, maybe they'll give him a spinoff. I don't know. <laughs> so, so, uh, so you went to uh, Harvard and got your MFA. Then you uh, went to uh, you study, spent a, spent a year in Russia, a semester, a half a year, like, like, three, like three months. Three months. So, how, how was uh, going to Harvard and getting that trained? How did that uh, deepen your work, deepen your technique, or how, how was that experience for your raw? Well, the experience was a little challenging. It was trying because um, Harvard is like being in Cambridge is like a microcosm of the U.S. It's uh, you, you're 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 in a very uh, small, concentrated area with a lot of privileged very um, well-to-do people. And uh, when, when you come from um, humble beginnings and you don't feel entitled to everything around you, that can be challenging when, um, in so many different ways. But the, the, the work, the, the program itself was, was good. I, I felt like I got some solid training, um, both in Moscow and in uh, in Cambridge. Uh, I, I would I would prefer and favor the training in Moscow um, over the American training because they seem to be about it's all about the work. They cared nothing about who your parents were, uh, what privilege you had. Right. It's like you can't do this shit, then you're just not doing it. We're not going to you know um, coddle you and Jay, oh, good job when you actually suck. You know, like we're, we train the best of the best. I remember we were coming to class one day and it was during the part, uh, during the time we were doing their um, uh, recruiting for their classes. Okay. For their classes. And it was about 5,000 kids in, in this square. Right. Uh, I mean, it was, it, it, so as far as you could see, you just saw young people showing up every day. Um, at one time, you probably see anywhere from a thousand to two thousand just sitting right there in that in that square, and I mean it was flooded. It was for about a week, and they were coming to audition for twelve spots in the class. Right. Um, you know, so they they didn't really really um, um, 
care about anything but the work. And, you know, and they, they kind of felt they had a proprietary uh, position on, on dramatic training, being that that's where all the dramatic training started um, in Europe and uh, in the Western world. Was that, uh, that, was that, was that the uh, Moscow Art Theater? Moscow Art Theater School, yeah. Nice. Was the, established by um, um, Stanislavski and, uh, and, and, and Gerke. That's what I was going to ask. Was that Stanislavski training that you received? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Stanislavski, we, we learned that there is no method. Uh, there's just a system of principles on which every actor should add. Right, right, right. On which every actor should add. Um, there's no, the method of, the method, you know, doing it this way that doesn't, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not accurate. No doubt. It's, so, like speaking of humble, uh, humble beginnings, you also wrote your uh, a one man show, the Dada. It's been a pleasure, man. Cause it was a pleasure seeing how it developed and grew. Like when you first wrote it, and then you did it again after you graduated from Harvard, right? Yeah, you know, again, going back to a question you asked earlier about, um, I think Harold asked about. How do you take something from a small thing and then and, and making it bigger? You know, uh, I just really wanted to make art, and um, and like like Wilson, like August Wilson, I wanted to talk about the people that I thought were important, the people right. that I thought uh, deserved um, some 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 spotlight and some shine. Uh, and that was my family and the people that I grew up around. Um, right. I think there's some some incredibly rich characters that came up in that neighborhood, man. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, not knowing how to produce a play, not even knowing how to write a play, or anything of, of, of that nature. Um, I, I actually a friend of mine, Joe Gibson. Yeah. You all know Joe. Oh, yeah. Joe Chow, me and Joe would be on the phone for hours at a time, just crack. And Joe said, you should do a one-man show. And I knew nothing about putting together a one-man show. <laughs> right. I started um, looking at John Leguizamo and the stuff that he was putting out there. Yeah. Uh, I heard uh, Whoopi Goldberg had a show. Um, and then, of course, Bill Cosby. His, you know, he would he would do his stand up, and it was more. It was like a like a show him and him and Pryor. So, um, he kind of dared me to do it, and I said, "I'm gonna do it." Nice, nice, nice. And uh, I I said, "Well, what am I gonna talk about?" So I, I I tried to write it, but I didn't know how to write a play. I didn't know how to write anything. I just wrote it. I said, "Dude, this is supposed to be in in paragraph form. How do you write a, a one man talking show?" Yeah. So I just wrote stuff down and I started trying to memorize it. Uh, and then I said, well, I got to, when am I going to do this? I guess we got to figure out a day and a place to do it. And I remember um, that, how did I find out about the Athenaeum Theater? I think I, I saw a show up there once or I went up there for something. I forgot how I found out about it, but I knew they had, they had theaters in there that they would, you know, they would rent out. Oh, and perform me, you know, Right. tell you theater rental you can go in your space so I, I rented a space and as you know um brad i called you up because once i got in the space 
I looked in the, it was a black box and <laughs> yeah. they, had this, they had this room up there and I climbed up the ladder and went up there and I saw these machines and I said, well, what are these for? Oh, this turns on the lights. Oh, this makes the sound go. Okay. Oh, you can play something here. And so I went down and I started acting, you know, acting like I'm doing my show. And I said, man, I think I want a different color light. Well, how am I going to do that? I got to climb up there again and get right. back. Oh, I need some help. I got to find somebody to do the lights for me. To, when I say push the light, push the light. <laughs> um, and so that's kind of how I how I learned to do it. I mean, in that process, I I um I learned how to hang my own lights. No doubt. Uh, and then learned how to, that's when I learned that this is a business because then you learn how to buy advertising and market and promote the show. Right. Um, and, and most, most, I think that's the, that's the tragedy of, of it, of the journey is that a lot of the travesty, I should say, is that uh, a lot of people don't, they forget the business part of show, the yeah. show business. And, um, it, you have to you have to earn. You have to figure out ways to earn in the, in the business right. of show, you know. And uh, so that that experience really really taught me, um, started giving opening my eyes to the business side. But then when I went to school and got trained and I started working as a professional and I had a few plays under my belt, um, and I found a a director with whom I I, I collaborated and worked with um, quite often, Lou Bellamy. We found a Penumbra Theater, where I'm a company member of. He came to me one day. We were in Denver. And uh, doing fences. And he said, uh, you know, my theater back home is, we're looking for some in inexpensive programming because, you know, we don't have a lot of money. I said, y'all should do some solo shows. And he asked me if I had a show. And I said, yeah. I said, yeah, I, 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 I got a show. Um, and he said, well, you got a script? And I'm thinking to myself, a script? Like, I ain't got no script. Like, who, who? I didn't know you wrote this stuff down. I thought right, you just right, put me right. up here. Because when I did the show the first time, I did it. And then I did it for like three nights. And the, the, the crazy thing about it was one of the things when I, when I first wrote it, the night we were supposed to do the show, yeah. I got so nervous. Right. Because I didn't think anybody was going to show up. But the, uh, the, the first night at the Athenaeum? Or, or first time at the Athenaeum. Yeah, right. I, and then I started hearing all these little feet coming yeah. in. Yeah. Because the dressing room was the actual coat room. Right. Where they the coat. <laughs> so I started hearing these little feet come. I said, oh, shit, what am I going to say? I don't, I'm, and I just, I literally started panicking. And then I said, all right, just write an outline of what you want to say. Yeah. And I had it written down, but I, it just started, you know, I started panicking about what if I remember, can't remember the lines. And I put an outline together and set it on a black stool and I would just go to refer to the outline and I would just talk off the top of my head. No doubt, no doubt. And and the, the third or fourth night, uh, I think I did what, a weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I think Sunday night, um, I, had some, I had my girlfriend tape it. Right. And so she taped it and I would go back and look. But by the fourth night, I kind of knew what I was going to say. I knew where the punchlines were. I knew where the audience was going to laugh at. And, uh, and I just kind of took it from there. And then I used it. Uh, and then I did it again. I did a run of it. Um, after we, we finished, the guy said, um, we're going to have some, uh, we got a show drop out if you want to uh, come back and do it again. 
I'll give it to you, the space upstairs for it. It's a bigger theater, but I give it to you for a discount. Right. So I did it. I thought I can, okay, well, this time I'm going to invite the critic out. I'm going to invite the critics and the, and the, and the, and <laughs> put some ads in the paper. Right. You know? And boy, I tell you, you learn quick. But what happened, and when we were in Denver and Lou asked me about the show, I said, yeah, I got his one-man show. And he said, well, <laughs> He said, he said, uh, 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 can I read it? I, I'm saying, I said, read it. Like, what the hell? I, <laughs> I just got to do it. You know, right. And he said, uh, I said, yeah, but, you know, I'm doing some rewrites. Now, mind you, I did a little theater now, so I, I know the language. I, I kind of know what I'm doing. So I said, uh, I said, uh, yeah, I need to, I, I'm working on, I'm working on the script. I'm, I'm going to put some rewrites. I'll, I'll get, get it to you by Friday. This was Wednesday. So I went in. After we had rehearsed that day, and I banged the whole thing out for what I can what I can remember in my mind, just banged it, and um, and sent it to him. I didn't think he was gonna do it, and uh, he read it, and I guess, and finally he said, "Man, this shit is funny." He said, <laughs> he said "It ain't it ain't it ain't finished, but if you want to work on it, we can work on it." So, um, we did, and in two thousand thirteen, the world premiere of what used to be the Dada became a brown tail. I love it. You know yeah. what, man? That story, it brings up so many points. Uh, one about relationship. Like, it is show business, like business is business, but mm-hmm. also the importance of having relationships. Like, you know, A, uh, somebody do the lights, and then, you know, somebody can help you out with lights. You got your back, you, you know, you just down with them. We'll see them, you know, see people thrive. And then something like uh, Christopher Walken said about writing a script. And he said, hey, you want to build a house? Build a house. He was basically saying that you want to write a script, start writing the script. And there's something to be said about the process of just daring to begin. I never shot a film, never wrote a play, never did this, never did whatever. And you just start out doing it and you learn and you learn and learn and learn. And that's how you start getting a great, as corny as it sounds, by daring to take that first step, which is really important. You know, uh, shoot, I mean, you guys... Harold has stepped in and did. He introduced me one time uh, for like two or three days um, and did lights one time. You know, so we we all have helped each other out. But, you know, the thing about it uh, is I was sitting here having the same conversation today with, with, with again, a colleague. Whatever door you are trying to get through, yep. you have to open it. And the only way you can open it is stick your hand out there and pull the damn knob. <laughs> now, now, that goes back 18 years. Yeah, that's almost 20 years ago, yeah. And I'm still working on it. No doubt. And I'm still working. I'm still, it's got, it's got another carnation of it getting ready to come out now so I can tape and film and sell. But, you know, the work never goes away, man. Yeah. If... if if you want to do something and you want to achieve something, as you say, build out, you got to do the work. Right. And a lot, of, a lot of people don't, they do not want to do the work. Even myself, you know, I get, I, I have to stay after my, get in my own ass. It's like, look, man, it's not going to come to you. You have to make the effort. You have to do it. Now, again, we've all made efforts. We've went auditions and we've been, you know, reading our books and our plays. And we've, a couple of us have written a couple of scripts, but how many of us can, Sit to really say we set our ass down and pumped out five, ten plays uh, that were all shit. 
And then we, the 11th one was good. The 12th one was great. The 13th one puts you over the top. So you really only, people only know three, but you didn't, we was in the woodshed working the crap. Right, right, right. You know, that's, that's the, that's the success behind a Tyler Perry. A lot of people um, have take issue with the, with the material, but he has the material. Right. right. Um, the August Wilsons, he wrote 10 plays. He wrote more than that, but 10 is what we know of. And, and there's so many other people that emerged to become a writer that we know, or a, a, uh, a producer that it's, 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 it's prolific. You have to be prolific. You have to constantly put in the work. And if you ain't putting in the work, it's not going to happen. And with my show, you know, I've had a, I had a vision for my show. Right. Finally, the show, the vision, you know, came into fruition in 2013. We started working on that show back in 1998. Damn, 98. No doubt. No doubt. Right. 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 And, and, and people ask me, I would do Q and A's uh, and they were asked, they said, how long you developed? I said, it took me 16 years to do this. Yeah. Um, and, and where it is now, I shared it with, with, with some colleagues when we were on tour and got some feedback that I got to add another layer to it. Right. You know, and these are people that, you know, uh, my, my the director, my buddy, Ruben Santiago Hudson, he saw, he said, man, it's great. He said, you got them laughing. You keep them laughing, laughing, laughing. He said, now you got, now we got it. We got to see where it hurts you. Right. And I said, wow, I never thought of that, you know, because I thought, okay, yeah, it's, it's a night of theater where people just come and get away. Right. But, but but would make it more impactful if people would see that vulnerability of how did it feel uh, to me when my, that my dad wasn't around or when I got fired or when, you know, certain things happened, when I lost this or that, you know, not to make it, not to go from funny to uh, dramatic, but just right. show like, just, a, just a little peek inside of that cracked armor. That's an, a valuable point you bring up. I did, you know, I did the second city. I did the storytelling one and uh, uh, we were in the la- like the seventh or eighth week and I had to do a 10 minute performance and uh, we had the substitute uh, teacher for that show and I, I, I in class and I did the 10 minutes and it was all about the acting and I did this and that, and this, that, and this. Said, oh, that's great. You're powerful and blah, blah, blah. She says, but <clears throat> How about telling us about your pain? Mm-hmm. And so that's people want to. That's another layer, and people want to to hear that, and feel. They, and people will feel that too. And that's all. That's what we're here to do is allow people to feel, in my opinion. And so that's what I've been basing all of my work on is how do I get people to feel? And it, it's 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 working out real well for me doing that. And so that's that's I think that's why we're here too. Like you said, to give people that time. Yeah. That's what we're here to do. I'm going to challenge you and take it one step even further. Instead of how we're here to make people feel, we're here to allow them to see us feel. Right. Not emote, because a lot of people get up and they want to just emote and cry. That's that's not interesting. But if I can see how uh, you losing your family or you losing your like, how did that make you feel? And then how do you handle that? Right. Uh, that's what people really pay to come see us do in the theater and on television. That's why the Denzel Washingtons and people like that, you know, the, the Academy Award is always going to some dramatic performance where somebody showed you the raw emotion. That's what people pay to go see because they don't want to be that. They right. don't want to be themselves. And they don't want to ever be, be, be brought to a point where that's all they can't control it. Now you just see their raw naked self. So they pay us to be absolutely vulnerable. Absolutely, you know, to hurt, 
to to cry, to 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 feel joy, and to and, and, and express it in an interesting way. That's why they. That's why we get paid to do what we do because they're afraid to do it. That's why I was I always liking acting and on the stage in particular. I liken it to a blood sport because it's dangerous and it should be dangerous, and you can get your feelings hurt. Right. It kind of reminds me of something like uh, Robert De Niro said. The one thing he loved about acting was that he had the ability to play different characters without paying the price. So you can go there and play like a gangster, but not mm-hmm. necessarily at the end of the day when you rap and shoot, not worry about somebody trying to shoot you because you're in a rival right. gangster family, right? And right. I think one thing also the sense that people also pay to see those aspects of ourselves that we may deny to ourselves. You know, you know, like uh, I think Viola Davis was saying in some interview about how she likes playing the character and you get to see it behind closed doors when they don't have all the answers, when they're right. incorrect. When you say, man, fuck this motherfucker, right? You know what I'm saying? Things that right. you may not want to say in, uh, in actual life that people, they, they also want to see that because like every human being is a walking contradiction between what, what they may present to the world and what they actually are, and even what they may be hiding from themselves in terms of how they actually feel about something. And that's you don't want a motherfucker to know what you like when you by yourself in the mirror. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> or, or, or when you, you know, you know, called everybody on a Friday or Saturday night and you ain't got shit to do but sit in your apartment. What are you doing? All right. No doubt. Yeah, no TV on. Who are you then? All right. You know, when you don't think nobody's looking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, so I, yeah. So, yeah. You know, we, 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 we almost out of, we keep going, we almost out of town, but what, what things are you working now? Uh, working, well, first of all, we're in the middle of quarantine. So how are you handling that? How are you staying active? Like keeping our Man, this is the best fucking time of my life. <laughs> I really, really am enjoying this. I am trying to, to, I am doing taxes. I am organizing my finances. I'm organizing my libraries. I'm getting my house in order. I'm writing. I'm reading. I just bought a whole stack of books. I bought books that I have that I've lost, you know, over the years I've moved around. I've lost some parts of my life. I just bought the message to the black man. I want want to read again. Nice. Just for the sake of reading, uh, how to eat to live. These are books by the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. Um, But I bought, um, uh, Chinua book, Things Fall Apart. I had right. it, which I read it. Uh, Behold a Pin Horse, all these, all these, all this stuff. It's like you ain't got nothing but time now. No but doubt. Most, but most importantly, what I do want to make sure that happens, uh, again, I drive home the point of show business that I take care of the business. And part of taking care of the business is having product to sell. Right. I want to make sure that when it comes up, uh, when we open back up, I can come up with something in hand and say, hey, I got something over here, something good. And I, I, it's important. You know, I was talking to a buddy of mine, great actor, uh, Stephen Grush, the other day. We were talking about he was sharing the story of, of Conor McPherson and how he emerged. And it made sense. Uh, a lot of times we, with social media, you know, we look at other people and people like look at us. They probably look at the three of us and say, man, I want to be that guy. I want to be, I want that guy's career, you know, or man, how can I get in front of this person and that person? But they don't, they don't know the work that we've put in. I mean, we, you, the three, three of us on this screen right now, on this, on this cast, on this talk, 
we started together from the bottom. I mean, literally scraping around, rolling around the fucking floor, <laughs> trying to figure out no what doubt. we were doing. And nobody knew what they were doing. Actually, and that was probably one of the best situations you can be in as an artist. Right. Just to be in a room with a group of people that want something. We don't know what it is. Yeah. And keep it and to keep it going. That's how Steppenwolf started. That's how a lot of these, uh, the, the Labyrinth Theater Company, they started. A lot of these great companies. And what, uh, what, what, what really, you know, uh, resonates with me is the fact that this country is going through a, a hell of a time. We're going through a hell of a time. The arts might be facing extinction. What we do, what I do for, to earn a living right now may no longer be available to me. Right. But it's one thing that I won't do is allow myself to be a fucking leech and a burden on the government in this country and have somebody else take care of me through some handout programs when I can lock myself in these goddamn rooms and come out with some damn work that I can sell. Right. It's over and feed myself and many more people uh, around me, but not be, uh, uh, you know, feeling so oh, what's going to happen. We ain't going to be able to do the plays. We're not going to be able to earn a living. Fucking suck it up and find a way to make it happen. <laughs> hey, man, like, like one more thing. We'll keep it up. Like uh, the countless shows are doing like we're doing this right now. This, this podcast. Yeah. But countless shows are shooting remotely from wherever they are. <laughs> that, that's like, you know, like uh, Parks and Recreation did like a, a reunion show last week where they shot and everybody was wherever they were in the country and they shot it, edited it together. It's, it's going to be what it's going to be. Like the story, like one thing about it, like we're going through a tough time, but one thing that's really important, human beings, you know, as corny as it sounds, they always going to want to hear a story. They always going to want to hear a story. That's like one of the basic things from cavemen up to now. A story is really important. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, so man, real quick. So, do you, do you have a website that people can uh, check you out, find out more about you? Uh, I got one that's, that's it's under construction, but okay. it, it's, it's some stuff up there. You can see some pictures and some. Uh, credits and stuff like that. But uh, it, it's one, a better one is forthcoming. But jamestalfred.com. Okay. jamestalfred.com. Um, uh, I don't know what, <laughs> what when does it go be updated? Because every every job out of the head, I'm getting text messages as we speak talking about uh, that's canceled. We're not doing that anymore. So right. offer that you got is no longer valid. So again, you know, you got to find a way to, to figure it out. But um, uh, like I said, I, I'm enjoying this time. And I encourage other people to enjoy this time to really get to know yourself, man, yeah. to know yourself and get to, and be real with yourself and say, look, all the dreams that I have, they are locked up in my effort. If I do not get the work done to unlock the door to my dreams and ambitions, then they're not going to happen. I mean, in our journey, the only difference in me and is that I kind of, once I saw that August Wilson play, uh, difference in me and other people uh, that we know that we started together. Once I saw that play, that kind of crystallized what I wanted to do at that time, right. which was do those plays. And so I started finding out about, you know, dramatic schools. And the only one I even heard about was Yale. Applied to Yale and go to Yale, ended up going to Harvard in Russia, which I think I, I got a, I got a sweet deal. But 
from that was able to meet the man who founded the theater that produced August Wilson as right. a playwright and all the directors. So that's that's just universe working together. That's just you moving in the direction that, that, that you're supposed to be going. And then the path, taking that leap of faith and then having that, those that ground laid under you by the universe, catching you every time you step out there to uh, on, on, on an act of faith. And I encourage everybody, this is the time. If you want to write that book, write it. If you want to write the plays, write it. Write your movie, write it. If you want to uh, figure out how to make tracks, this is the time. Yeah. If you want to learn how to cook, this is the time. I do look, I'll be on here now. Not only am I am I working on, on stuff, I look, Duolingo, be <laughs> on Duolingo, learning the language, reading books. It's the time, man. We This is a reset. This is the time we got that we were able to take for ourselves to 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 stop and, and, and catch up to the world, you know, because right now everything is, is on an even scale almost. Can't nobody do shit. Everybody got to be at home. Right. So, you know, it ain't like, you know, you can go in the office and, and, and talk to somebody and get an advantage because you know the person. Everybody waiting in line. So I say take advantage of the time. All right, man. Hey, it's been a pleasure talking with you, man. Well, you, you, you got a question here or you good? Oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. I was just saying I, I second that news. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Hey, hey, this, this guy here, this guy here, he got what you got? What, 150 films credits now? No question. About uh, 172. <laughs> hey, Steve, yeah. I'm, I'm going for that 300. Eventually, about 13 years from now, I'll have it. 13 I'm years? Not, you ain't, nah, you know, they take no 13 years. The rate you be working. I saw you in a film the other day. I think, oh, yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the film, yeah. And by the way, which is a good film that he made for, for nothing. Right. Wendell Etherly, yeah. Yeah, Wendell Etherly uh, is making a film. Uh, that's why I said, man, it's time for people to to just do shit. Get it going, <laughs> man. Get it popping. Yeah, well, yeah I'm, uh, I'm working on my screenwriting. If that's tough, man. That's what I've been doing, taking classes at Second City. I finished the screenwriting just now, screenwriting one. I'm right. taking right. the lab this Sunday for the next eight weeks. And then I, I had a set of Robert McKee tapes on dialogue sitting in the closet for the last year. Right. I just all of those over the last four days. And I just made a chart I'm about to put it out. I'm doing it. This is that's the time. That's what's up. You'll be on the grind, dog. That's what's Wait, up. man. For, uh, it's been a pleasure, dude. Pleasure's all, man. Man, I thank you all for having me. Thank for keeping, keeping a little old guy like me in mind. You know. James, we can't forget you, man. You know what you're doing. It's been no Oh la la. Yes.